Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be your host. Joining me today, we have youth's very own Whitney Bess. Hello. Our live studio audience never (laughs) gets old. Um, But today, we actually have a very special guest joining us all the way from Longhorn Country in Austin, Texas, Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for her very first Young Adult Podcast appearance, Red Rock's very own Emily Franklin. Woo! Woo, hook them. Welcome. Do you like, can you hear our live studio audience in in Austin? I I hear them. I'm very impressed with how well the claps cut off just right. (laughs) We have them trained. trained. Yeah, they're trained. trained pretty well. (laughs) Trained and ready. Yeah. Emily, if if you've been coming to Red Rocks or Young Adults for a few years, you'd probably be familiar with Emily. But for those of you who are newer to the podcast or maybe newer to church, um, Emily, why don't you let the people know who you are, you know, your kind of story with Red Rocks and how you've landed where you are currently? Yeah. So I started out, it was August of 2015. I moved to Denver from Missouri to intern with Red Rocks Worship. And then long story short, a year after that, got hired on for a residency and then hired on full time. I kind of popped around campus to campus, helped out with youth and young adults. And then two years ago, came out to our Austin location when we launched that location to help out or what was supposed to be help out for like a month. And then it got extended to a second month. And then after all of us being like, what's going on? Are they trying to like put us together and see if we fit or what's going on here, uh, decided that I liked it and then moved out here June of 2019. I've been leading worship at our Austin location for two years now. So that's crushing it. You're doing so good. (laughs) That is, that is, what is, what's your favorite part about your Austin team down there? I mean, you're working, you've got a very low bar with Doug, Ethan and Ryan, (laughs) Um, Sam, you know, brings them up a little bit, but what's, what's your, uh, what's your favorite part about the the team down there that you're with or just Austin or getting to kind of grow a church from the ground up? What are you loving down there? The team's just so, first of all, they're so freaking fun. Like, I feel like coming to work every day just feels like I'm, like, hanging out with my friends. And we also get to build something really cool. I think coming into Red Rocks in the later years, you always hear stories of, like, how Sean and Chad and those guys, like, started it from the ground up. And they'll show the pictures of Golden Mm -hmm. Campus, like, at the theme park. And you're like, man, that seems really cool. But I think in a very small way, similar to that, getting to build something here from the ground up has given like a little taste and appreciation for what that must have been like. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And it's just really fun. And the city's just so young and cool. And like Austin's very grungy, but in like a good way. It's where like things are like, it's not that they're nice. There are nice places, but it's like everything's cool. You know, there's yeah. always something to do. Water, like dogs are everywhere. It's just a very young oh city that like prides itself and people coming here to figure out who they are and it welcomes you as you are and I just think 
Red Rocks Church in general, like, has done that very well. And so getting mm-hmm. to, like, plant a location here in a city that's all about that has just been yeah really fun. And as a worship leader, it's live music capital. And so musicians have been very, I won't <laughs> say easy, but have fallen in my lap easier than I would have expected. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So it it that is that is awesome. Um, well, hey, we brought you on for for a very cool reason. So I want to give a little backstory to this. But um, Aaron and I went and took a little vacation to Phoenix uh, and literally just laid by a pool for four days and l- maybe moved a total of like 100 yards throughout the entire four days. We were there. We rolled around. Yeah, like just laid at a pool. Um but I do this from time to time. I'll randomly post like questions on my Instagram and I normally never answer them. And it's just to kind of help me get a gauge on like, hey, like Sorry. where are young adults at? What are they thinking? What questions do they have about the Bible? What what are they like walking through in real life? Like at their jobs yeah. or their friends or whatever. Um, but on our way back, our flight kept on getting delayed. And I normally get like three or four responses to those. And I randomly got like 30 or 40 for each question. So I was like, dang, I'll answer some of these while I'm waiting for our flight. Um, And one of the questions I posed was basically, what's the hardest part about following Jesus in your job, uh, within your friend group, or just your city or culture, whatever? And three real major things sort of kept on coming to the surface in a roundabout way. It was um, pressures that come with dating and sex before marriage and how my friends or coworkers or whatever think it's weird that I have those certain views and I share them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people said that I feel pressure to drink, party, and and weirdly, like more than a few said to do drugs with my coworkers. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So, um, but also just kind of like when I have like a, a – um, work outing or we go out for happy hour or whatever, just navigating those social settings, whether it comes to my coworkers gossiping, talking bad or, you know, just just random stuff like that. I feel all this pressure. Like, how do I navigate that? And then the final one was um, and this is this is a pretty, you know, I feel like all of us at some point in our life can relate to this uh, tensions of ending or transitioning some relationships with people once you've found Jesus that either pull you in the wrong direction or they feel upset because you've decided to like change mm-hmm. your life and try to follow Jesus yeah. and they feel like you're being inauthentic or you know you've changed or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so I was like, man, these sound like amazing things to do podcasts on. And so yeah. today we're going to talk about dealing with the pressures of sex and dating. Um, and we're going to do it a little differently. Today we're going to do it specifically from a female perspective. Um, and next week, we're going to be talking about this same topic from a guy's perspective. Um, but, fellas, if you are smart mm-hmm. at all, you will not only listen to this, but you will take a bunch of notes. <laughs> yes, be- please. Yes, because you're getting insight from Whitney and Emily um, on the pressures that females feel in the dating world um, within our culture today when it comes to marriage, sex, dating, finding somebody, all this different stuff. Um, so if there ever was a podcast for you to tune into, it's probably this one. Um, and so I I kind of wanted to throw this first question to you, Emily, because I think, like you were saying, Austin's blowing up right now. You live mm-hmm. in a city full of young professionals moving there in droves, trying to find their purpose, their call in life, you know, trying to find somebody to do life with, a partner. Um and what are some of the tensions and pressures that you feel in the dating world as a single female who's following Jesus, 
you know, leading at a high capacity at, ama- at an amazing church, but living yeah. in a city and surrounded in a culture um, that that is sort of like, you know, thriving in this like dating world in Austin, but you kind of have a perspective from a different lens for yeah. dating, if that's, that's probably yeah. the yeah. worst, that's great worst way to word that <laughs> yeah, question yeah. ever. No, it makes sense. I think, I'll start by saying this, I think in general, and especially in a city like Austin that's full of young professionals, like Hinge, all the dating apps, Tinder, is Tinder even still a thing? I don't know. Like whatever your app platform is, there's a ton of pressure and it's all around and people are networking, whether it's friendships or relationships or businesses or whatever, constantly. And Mm -hmm. I think, and I say this for myself, and I would assume it's probably true for other people uh, or other women, it's hard to find the balance between being fiercely like independent and like owning who you are and then also figuring out where do I fit on the relationship scale and like for example I think I have a deep fear of like being left behind because I don't know I tried I'll be honest and say for one week during quarantine I like put myself on hinge because I was like I'm bored yeah I am not really meeting people right now I just I hadn't dated in a minute and so I'm like why not I never ended up going on a date but I don't know, like, it wasn't for me, and, and maybe it is for other people, and I can share a little more if you want to know that later on, like, why it's just not for me, but it feels like if that's not your vibe, and that's not your scene, um, then you're kind of left behind, because it feels like that's where everyone's attention is, and they're all looking for somebody, they're on the prowl constantly, and for somebody like me, who's, like, in ministry, and I like to think I'm pretty independent. It feels like it's one or the other. Like Mm -hmm. if the online dating scene is not my Mm -hmm. vibe, then it is everyone else's. And then I'm just kind of left behind because everyone's attention is there. And then there's no one to notice me or, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you brought up a really good point. So, uh, Courtney, my older sister, she met her husband uh, through Hinge. Yeah. yeah, so it does work. It does work. It does work. Yeah, but but uh, I I actually before she met Travis, I made a fake Hinge account for my sister, always, and it was like always a great idea. To always do. a great. Yeah, I know. And I said, hey, this is this isn't a fake account, but this is Courtney's sister. I am trying to find her a blind date. Blah blah blah. You know, made this whole profile. People loved it, but it was a full time job. Like I'm not kidding you. I was like. Oh my, yeah. like Conrad, we, we, would, we would be in bed and Conrad's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm on hinge for my sister. And he's like, you need to hang it up. <laughs> it's 10 p.m. What are you doing? Um, so all that to say, I kind of got a glimpse in like dating culture scene more recently. And it's so true. Like if you're not in that world, but what I found too was guys on Hinge, number one, all their profiles look the same. Like, come on, yes. get original content. Um, <laughs> yeah. And number two, it there was like this attitude or vibe, because we ended up did, I found a guy. Um, yeah. They went on a blind date, and it was like, I felt really bad. Hindsight, it's 2020. I'll never do that again. <laughs> if you're listening, don't be the friend that does this or a sister <laughs> that does this. Um, but looking back, it created this kind of like, well, I don't really need to commit to you because I've got seven other dates lined up. Mm-hmm. And it just felt really awful <laughs> is, yeah. how, is how it feels. Um, and so I think that's like a big pressure in the dating world right now. It's like, well, ah, like this non-committal attitude towards 
Well, yeah. Well, and I think, like, in my past, too, like, those are some things I've, like, experienced, like, early on in my dating were, like, unfaithfulness or, yeah. like, I'm a product of, like, divorced parents that mm-hmm. was a divorce birth out of unfaithfulness. And so, for me, knowing that, like, am I, like, one of four options for you or right. am I, like, yeah, I just tend, I think I've learned this about myself, I tend, there's, like, head turners, right? There's the people that everyone's, like, that person's attractive. Uh-huh. And then there are the people that, like, they're good looking, but like they're not necessarily a head turner. Is that rude? To say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not ugly, but you're not like great. <laughs> but, but like the more you get to like know them, they become attractive to you. And I'm that way. And I notice I'm like I'm probably like swiping past like these people that I would actually really like because I'm yeah. trying to match with these head turners that like start a conversation that is completely uninteresting to me. Right. And so right. therefore, like, what am I doing? And Seeing people that go to your church that are like on hinge, I like panic immediately. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 like back. Delete, delete. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is awesome. So do you so I feel like, man, I met Aaron like right before this wave. I literally feel like I was a year away from the whole dating app yeah, like, phenomenon. Is that is yeah. that primarily where most like dates, I guess, meeting people take place. Now, do you, do you find it, you know, even being in a city like Austin where a ton of people are young, you know, UTs there, like loads of young professionals in their twenties, early thirties, is it still hard to meet somebody in person? Like, is it, is there a prime is online dating like apps and stuff, the primary way of meeting people or Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. you still go to a restaurant, a bar, go out with some friends somewhere and meet people, I don't want to say naturally, yeah. but you know what I mean, like in person, I guess. Yeah. I think it's both, honestly, in a city like Austin. I would say, yeah, like probably like 70, 30, like 70% of it is like online. Okay. Um, but there are lots of like startups and like for like the church, we have church events and like Austin's a city that has concerts and lots of things. Now COVID, obviously there's like a gap year for all of that, but like there are lots of really fun, cool networking, like, scenes to meet people in Austin, but chances are almost 90% of those people are also on a dating website, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so you might meet somebody, but they still got their three backup options on yeah. Hinge or whatever it is. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, these people are networking because they met each other on Hinge and then met mutual friends. And so I would say, like, yeah, like both and, but it all somehow traces itself back to online, mm-hmm. I think. Gotcha. Okay. Some way or another. So being a Christian, do you feel like that just makes it that much harder to try to meet somebody? Like from both of your experiences mm-hmm. as a female, I mean, I, I don't want to get old school traditional, but I am grew up in Virginia. Like it was very, uh, this might be like the Southern part in me, the Southerner in me that, you know, a guy approaches a girl Mm-hmm. Um, you know, girls don't talk to guys. I think we're, we're we've evolved a little from that. For sure. You know, like as a yeah. female, you, it's not weird to like go up and approach somebody. Um, but does being a Christian or you know following Jesus and kind of being out in this dating world make it that much harder or that much more difficult to find somebody, or does it make mm-hmm. it I don't know weirder like having those conversations or? How does following yeah. Jesus affect your mm-hmm. dating life, dating world, kind of kind of like that? Well, I think it depends, like, on what being a Christian means to you, 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. for me, like it's real deep and like I've devoted my life to working for a church and being in ministry. And to some people that means I believe in Jesus and I go to church on Sunday and I pray when things are hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. first of all, it depends on what does that mean for you? Because you can go on an app again and like select Christian, but then even for me, and maybe I just have a lot of trust issues I need to work through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, I find out. But like you can say you're a Christian, and to me, sometimes I'm like, people can say what you want to hear, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I think there are a lot of people, especially like Austin's a little different than the rest of Texas, um, but especially in Texas, that at one point went to church or at least believe in Jesus or consider themselves a Christian. Okay. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it depends on what being a Christian means to you. So for me, I think I'm not only looking for, like, somebody who believes in Jesus, but, like, I've devoted my life to ministry, and mm-hmm. that looks a little different. That needs to go a little deeper than that for me, and I would say it's hard to find that in an avenue like that and trust that it's, like, authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh... Oh, there's so much I want to say here, Emily. You like really <laughs> hit it on the head um, because I feel like no one wants to feel like you're the second choice. And yeah. I think with the dating, we kind of hit it at the first question, like, oh, uh, like this dating culture right now, it kind of feels, you always kind of feel like second choice right now. Yeah. And then on top of that, as a Christian, what Emily was saying, we really do value like anyone can say with when Courtney was going through her dating online profile it was like well he said it was a Christian he said his political view uh 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 and it's a guessing game kind of yeah like okay well what do you believe as truth and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it comes down to um boundaries and in the bible there's like there really is zero gray area um and but that trying to communicate that when you also feel like you're a second option, you could, that, that guy could just go around and off and do whatever he wants with another girl. Like there's such this like give and take pull and you don't know when to time that conversation. Like, Hey, what marriage means to me is, uh, I actually have a verse and it's, this is what I love. Hebrews 13, four, and it says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. And that sounds like really intense, but for Mm -hmm. me, that was even like, Hey, you're not going to sleep over at my house. Like you're going home (laughs) at whatever time. Like I want to wake up in the morning and brush my teeth with my husband, not (laughs) boyfriend. And so that, that's awkward to try to, um, have this boundary. And when do you cross that line when you're like, I know you're not, I don't know if you're being intentional with me. I think you're being intentional with me. We're going on a couple dates at this point. Yeah. But well, you pull the rug out from under me because you're talking to eight other girls, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a yeah. we're in such a weird place in the church, yeah. even in a dating setting scenario. Yeah. So you yeah. hit it right on the head. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, and you know, and like I said, it goes like a little, this won't be for everyone, but like for me too, like not only am I like a, a Christian, but I work at a church. And so it's like an added pressure of I'm not just representing me when I date. Like, I feel like I'm hearing someone else's name Mm -hmm. 24-7. And so, like, I'm a human that's trying to figure out what she thinks and what her boundaries are and Mm -hmm. how to date well. And I'm going to make mistakes. Like, I'm going to make you mad. I'm going to be rude at times. You know, like, again, I'm a human. But I think my fear is, like, okay, well, 
Emily makes a mistake in a conflict or whatever that may be in, in the person, especially if they go to my church, right? Like gets angry. Then it's like, well, are you just mad at Emily the human? Or now you are like, that's how Red Rock Austin handles conflict amongst their staff or, you know, like, mm-hmm. which is probably this unnecessary pressure I put on myself, but like, yeah. it's still a big thing. Like, so I would say like, it's not even necessary. like being a Christian does complicate it. Mm-hmm. It can, I guess, but like, it's more so like also being in ministry for me complicates it because it's like, well, I'm not just representing myself and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so that good. that's really good talking about being a Christian and dating because I want to throw this question out there because I don't know if, if a lot of girls will relate to this or not, um, but do you feel like women feel pressure um, from the church specifically or like Christians specifically um, to kind of like almost fit that stigma of like find your one, get married and have kids? Like the goal of your singleness, like this single season of your life is to almost exit it as soon as possible mm-hmm. and to like find somebody and get married and have children and like do, do the thing. Is there ever like this maybe nonverbal external yeah. pressure from church mm-hmm. that singleness is not like a disease, but just kind of like, Hey, like, Oh, that's great. You know, like hurry up and find somebody or something like that. Yeah, I think absolutely. But I, I like was thinking about this earlier, and I think the root of that is a little different than maybe what I've thought. It's always been. I think some of it is for sure traditional, but I think part of that tradition comes from like for the longest time in the church, you didn't see women like owning their platforms like and doing it well while also thriving socially before they were married. Mm-hmm. Like culture has shifted. It's 2021. Women are pastors. They're like high like an executive leadership and they weren't before and I think it's about dang time and I think if women will start owning that season of their lives then maybe that expectation will slowly fade away at least I hope it will and I think marriages and like relationships could actually be healthier if more Mm -hmm. women and men would do that earlier but I think even like when I was like 14, 15, I remember like knowing I like wanted to go into ministry and I really don't even think I knew what that meant. Like I really don't. I think I knew it meant I loved Jesus and I liked being involved in church things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until like probably when I got to Red Rock that I like realized I think I had this deep thing ingrained in me and no one had like ever told me this. No one had said like, hey, um, it's not until you get married that you will like know what your purpose is or know what your career should be or whatever. But I think that's just what I had seen, Expe- like especially in ministry was if there's a man and a woman and they're married mm-hmm. and they're going to work at a church, then the man gets the position most often. And then the woman does whatever she does on the side and then helps, you know, and I like that was like so ingrained in me because that's what I had seen mm-hmm. that. I think I just believed it until I realized like, Oh, like, no, God's calling. And I think divinely like shifted me and didn't allow some relationships to like Mm -hmm. bear more fruit than they did because I don't know. I don't think I would have ever realized that. So I think long story back to answer your question, like, yeah, I think it's a pressure, but I also think part of it is just because that's what we've seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then sometimes I do think it's just like not well thought through small talk. Like, yeah, I think I'm like guilty of it. Like those are like, it's one of the basic questions you ask somebody when you get together, like, how's your mom? Like, how's your life? What's the weather? And like, are you dating anybody? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think if you really are like a confident, 
single woman and that's true, then like, I don't think that question should bother you that bad. Yeah. You know, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean there's not like a shift that needs to take place or that there's not a pressure, like an unhealthy pressure, especially I think from like the older generation, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's always not well-meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question for both of you guys. Um, and this is not to knock any church or any, anything like that, especially mm-hmm. our own. Cause I believe, like you said, we're seeing a lot of amazing shifts in this, but for both of you, when you were in your seasons of like being single and, you know, Emily, you're still navigating that right now, but do you feel like, um, it's harder for a single female to get like recognized or opportunity, not just in the workplace, but even specifically sometimes in a church over like a single guy. Like why does it feel like, and maybe I'm wrong with this, that some, for some reason, a single guy can be promoted or given opportunity or trust and a single female isn't given that same platform. (laughs) We could have a whole podcast on this, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, then, (laughs) I mean, go there for a minute, but one, do you feel like that's true? And then two, why why do you feel that? And then maybe then wrap it up or like shift end it with how do you feel like that's changed? Is it changing? Has it changed? How has it changed? Yeah. Yeah. What you go first. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Oh, there's just so much I could say, and I wasn't prepared for this question. So this will be really um, unfiltered. But absolutely, I do think that. Um, And here's why. I think from the beginning of time. And let me clarify. Sorry, because I feel like I'm rambling and asking really terrible questions. (laughs) No, you're great. I love it. Um, What I'm I'm basically saying is that a single woman won't get the same opportunity a single man will. Yes. But more opportunity might open if you're married. For some reason. Okay. Okay. But but also that a single guy gets more opportunity than a single girl. So. Okay. Yeah. That's a little different. Um, well, go go both. Go both. <laughs> I, I just feel like for so long, since the beginning of time, I think it was um, Lisa Harper when she was out here. We were just chatting offline, and she was just like, from literally Eve, it was Satan's plan to like silence her, and um. And he went to her for, and so there's always been like this attack on women since the beginning of time. And I feel like our culture and society, I mean, we've progressed so, so much, which is amazing. Um, but our, our culture has elevated men above women. And, um, and you see it all the time with like in, um, leadership and culture and singers and things like that. You know, I love Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> and she writes a whole song about this. That's like, hey, if I was a man, I would have the th- the same. I could have the same exact gifting. I could say the same exact thing. And for whatever reason, I, it's looked down upon. And so um, there's so much I could say about like in scripture, how Jesus came to like do away with that and how he used women. Um, Mary Magdalene was the first woman that preached the gospel, the good news, and he used a woman. And so um, I do think that there, the church, like what Emily's point is, yes, like, I mean, I was raised in a church where it was like, yes, the woman is like the helper Uh and come alongside and you can sing songs, but no, no, no more. (laughs) And, um, and then I actually went to a church um, probably when I was like in elementary school 
and it was Marilyn Hickey. And it was like, she was the business. Like it was her and her husband and they're leading this whole church, but she would do most of the teaching. And so I guess it's like a little shocking when you kind of are confronted with old way of thinking, old, just, I I don't agree with it. They have their right reasons for why they agree with why they don't think women should be in ministry um, and leadership. But um, I do, I, I, to Emily's point, I am seeing like a shift in um, um, leadership, specifically males that are like, hey, we need to give language and voice to females um, in this time of the church. However, I do also think that for some reason there is an advantage um, given to married couples over single voices. And Mm -hmm. that is a sad thing to me. And that does need to bring awareness um, towards because, I mean, there's so many people in scripture that were not married. Primarily Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And while there's such a huge emphasis, like we do bring honor and glory in our marriages to God, that doesn't necessarily negate a single person's call and voice. Yeah. Emily, let me maybe ask the question a little better to you. Um, do you feel like for some reason, if you were to get married, more opportunity? And and, and again, I'm not this isn't geared towards Red Rocks. Could think of yeah. like churches in, in, in your past yeah. or even job opportunities, whatever. Do you feel like that would weirdly for some reason open more doors for you? as a female, like in leadership or roles or opportunity than just being the same person, just in a different season of life, being single? Hmm. I don't know that I've ever actually thought about that, which is like weird to say. Um, and, and I think that is because, uh, and maybe this is like veering too far from the question that you're asking and not answering your actual question, but I think those types of things, those like the things that you can believe about that um, are either blatantly like told to you or they're subliminal, like yeah. subliminal. And I think like, I kind of went back and said, like, for me, like, I think it was very subliminal. Mm-hmm. And I think I've just been like somehow set up. Like, I want to shout out like Doug, Ethan, Ryan, yeah, Jacob, yeah. like my team out here. They not only like, make sure that I like that Samantha and I like have opportunity, but they make sure that they intentionally like are putting women in the spotlight to correct that. Yeah. And so I think if you ask me like on paper, do I think that's true? Like in general, then like, yes, I do. I think for myself, I don't feel that only because I've like been blessed to be given like the team that I've been given. And I think have like kind of combated those like lies, not, they're not lies. They're truth combated that like, stigma those things on my own personally and Mm -hmm. i'm just in a position where like i don't think it would matter for me but i would say if i were in corporate world or in any other like place then yes Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like i don't know because i feel like if i say no then it then it then it says that that's not the truth and i think that it is the truth for a lot of people i just think Mm -hmm. it hasn't been the case for me and i'm aware that i've just been like very lucky and very Mm -hmm. blessed yeah. Awesome. And Emily, I think that's so good to make that differentiation between um, culturally it is subliminal, um, but it yeah. will take those males 
Uh, so if you're a male listening, it will take your voice to be intentional in this area and to give mm-hmm. people opportunity in the workplace and um, and in relationship. And so, um, you yeah, that was really wise. It's a good word. Yeah. yeah. So going back to this, like, do women ever feel pressure from church or Christians to find somebody to get married, have kids? Like you said, even if it's a little subliminal, uh, I mean, we all can joke around about it, like Christian college, you know, the whole ring mm-hmm. ring by spring or even just eat, like college sometimes. Um, but it, I don't know, before we move on to the next question, if somebody, if there's a lady listening and they're going to CCU or Grand Canyon or wherever, whatever school, mm-hmm. and they feel this pressure, like, man, to be like a woman in the church, I need to find somebody and get married and have kids. Yeah. What's like one piece of advice you could give them about <laughs> loving the season they're in, you know, yeah. like owning it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would just say like one, you're so fine. And like, I look back at like who I was at like 22 or 23. And again, like I have like lots of friends that got married at that age and they have beautiful marriages. And I think that God has blessed it. And it like, that's awesome too. Mm-hmm. But I look at who I was at 22 or 23 versus who I am at like 28, almost 29. I'm like, dear God, <laughs> like if I would have gotten married, then I would hate the person I'm married to now mm-hmm. just because I've changed so much. I've learned so much. And I really do think that because I've allowed myself to like, what does God have for me? Like what, mm-hmm. who is he calling me to be? that if and when I, I do get married, that like yeah. it's going to mean so much more to me. And I think I'll be a better wife than I would have been at 22 or 23 because I think in some ways, like your reasoning for marriage, like if, if you do it right, like shit, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't come from like, oh, this is fun. It comes from like, no, like I know like the call God has placed on my life or the career he's like put in my heart or whatever that is. And like, I want a partner to be able to do it better. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I can't do it on my own. So whatever girls listening, if that's you, like you're so fine. In fact, like you're prime, like Mm -hmm. lean into who you are and you'll be thankful at 28 or 29. Unless you find your husband in this time and you're meant to awesome. Like Mm -hmm. that's great for you. That's not bad either. But you're not like losing if you don't um, because there's just so much for you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, but I just yeah. like so that That's you're awesome. so fine. You're going to change so much. Like <laughs> let it happen and be thankful that it's not harder than it already is. Like mm-hmm. yeah. when you tap someone else to it, you're both going to change, but it's just harder mm-hmm. when yeah. you're changing with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on, here's a question for both of you guys. Do you, as ladies, feel like there's a stigma or a pressure? Um, hopefully not from work because we all work at a church. But <laughs> may- maybe, yeah. maybe. Previous jobs. Yeah, previous jobs. Or maybe like from friends or even like like just the dating culture of Austin or Denver or whatever, that you as a woman need to like explore your sexuality and try some things before you settle down to like know what you want or mm-hmm. like – you know, that if, you, if you're not dating around, if you're not fooling around, if you're not, you know, like having sex, you know, got to like, what is it? Test the car before you buy it or whatever. Yeah. You're missing out on part of this season of life, what it has to offer. And then eventually how you'll know mm-hmm. what you want. Like, do you ever feel that pressure, that stigma in, in the dating world or um, from friends that might not know Jesus or hopefully not friends that do know Jesus? Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say, again, like, treading lightly with what I mean by this, like, yes, um, but I I think even, like, spending a Christian perspective on it in some ways 
like they're not wrong. You know, now I'm not saying like don't have sex with a bunch of people. Like that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> like obviously <laughs> I don't agree with, with that. But I do think, which is part of the reason I was like, I'm going to get on Hinge for a week. And then I was just a coward and it was very short lived. Um, <laughs> but was like, do I know how to talk to guys? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do I know what I want in somebody? And I do think there is an element of like, expand your social setting. Like go on dates, even if you don't think you love him, because like, Mm -hmm. practice doesn't hurt practice talking to the opposite sex doesn't hurt you know (laughs) yeah Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that Whitney so yeah I think obviously I just yes and I disagree with probably how they mean it but like I do think there is some level of truth that's like not awful to spin off of that Mm -hmm. yes as long as you're not having sex yeah. (laughs) yeah don't do it yeah, don't do it. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, <laughs> I what, felt. What is that? Or you will. <laughs> I know. Oh. Mean Girls quotes, it's the best. Um, no, I, I know I, I worked in, before working at a church, I worked in the restaurant industry. And I like to say that because I had my little stint and I'll never go back. Uh, but there's this like really hypersexual I was like, what in the world is going on here? It you was like a you little You don't want to know what your waiters are doing at TGI Fridays. I, know. The, I mean, it was shocking. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll never see mozzarella sticks the same ever again. <laughs> You're welcome. From that comment. Um, no, but there was like a, an insane pressure to. Um, engage and go to these like parties, whatever, um, with coworkers. And I will say there was a moment where um, one guy that I used to work with, I mean, it was just so brash and blatant and just point blank asked me basically like my sexual past. And I was like, I will, what? what? It, it was like, well, then I had an, actually, I was really proud of myself. I had an honest conversation because he did say like, well, you got to test drive the car before you buy it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I actually really disagree with you on that. And then I was yeah. able to kind of give language around what I believe um, and the convictions that I held. And he thankfully took it in a way that wasn't like how I would have expected him to. Um, yeah. It actually was kind of like, hmm, that's your truth. Like, great. Live that out for you. Hope that works out for you. And, um, so I think like taking the pressure off of like being like, Oh, I had that conversation. It didn't change his mind. He's still going out doing whatever he wants. Um, but I did leaving that conversation, Emily, we can talk through this. Maybe leaving that conversation. I did feel like, wait a second, no one is really entitled to this information besides myself and God. And Um, I don't have to necessarily, like me being a witness to you doesn't have to divulge sexual past. And for in, in culture right now, it's like so open. You can like talk about it however you want and it's Mm -hmm. nothing is really off the table. And maybe I am just more of a private person, but I'm like, wait, I don't like feeling that pressure from even from a male, um, to like go there with you. And I don't think I owe that to you as a Christian female. Yeah. I think like our generation, not just our generation, but I feel like right now people are more confused than ever because I think on the opposite end of that, like purity culture has done a lot of damage by making people feel like sex is dirty. You can't talk about it. And Mm -hmm. like, it's been like made to be this thing that's 
so uncomfortable. That's ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. I always but then think you of the, other... the Jonas Brothers wearing the purity <laughs> rings. <laughs> yeah, oh, bless I... their hearts. They regretted that years later. Oh, big time. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, like, I mean, that did it, like, again, meaning well, it did a lot of damage. But then you have the opposite end of the spectrum, like the guy you're talking about. That's like, what's your sexual history? And you're like, well, that's, that's private. That's not yours. And I think mm-hmm. people are like, craving this happy medium of where there's not shame right but also like I don't have to be uncomfortable with the fact that I'm a sexual being yeah yeah you know that's so good yeah I agree yeah that's awesome um do you think so when those conversations come up with coworkers, Mm -hmm. friends whoever um how do you as a as a follower of Jesus engage with somebody when I don't know they're like trying to set you up on a date or what like it, do you ever find that it's hard to talk with somebody about why you date or hold the beliefs that you do about sex and marriage like a lot of people <laughs> when they were asking questions um on my little Instagram thing were just kind of like I feel so awkward or so uncomfortable when I talk to my coworkers about dating or when they try to set me up because the second I say yeah. that oh, I'm sure. waiting for marriage or, yeah. or I'm not going to sleep around with this person or whatever, or I don't want to do that, like this wall comes up or this like, mm-hmm. I, it, like I can just tell there's like this disconnect now in our conversation. Yeah. Like, do you do you ever find that it's it's sometimes difficult to maybe talk to people about? why you have the standards that you do in your dating and sexual life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that just doesn't make me uncomfortable, you know? And I like, and maybe I'm like a rarity, but I think even going back to like what Whitney said, she was just like, it was actually a really cool opportunity for conversation. Um, and I think too, some of that, like, isn't everybody's business right off the bat. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think for me, I don't know. I, and maybe this comes back to like dating online, how you're dating, how you're getting set up on your dates. Like, I feel like if our conversation, like on a first date is like, if we're going to go have sex or not, then like, how did I get on this date? Mm -hmm. You know? And like, maybe that's a little too Christian or a little too naive of me. And I don't know. And I also just think like, a lot of that comes from like, how, how are you carrying your singleness? Like, I think I'm not uncomfortable in talking about why I stand where I stand with sexuality because like, I know why I feel that way. And I'm like confident in it. And I think when you're not, um, then it does make it harder. Uh, and I don't think there's any shame if you're like not confident or that makes you uncomfortable. I just would say like, I think there's more confidence and freedom available for you if you'd yeah. like to step into it you yeah. know like it doesn't have to be uncomfortable it just doesn't yeah yeah I would say too, like trust the source like or question yeah. the source um because if it's like your coworker that you know is like she's picking up dudes like where's she finding guys you know and if it's like I want to set you up you can just nicely be like oh I'm okay you know like it doesn't necessarily have to be this like big drawn out like well I'm not gonna let you set me up because xyz here are all my boundaries like I think like there's there's a time and a place like if it's your friend that's like um you know you can go out and have a fun time with and she knows you're a like Christian quote unquote Mm -hmm. um 
I would say maybe like go on a date because she knows. And then after, yeah. um, then that's between you two. And who knows? Like that guy could be an amazing yeah. man of God. But yeah. I would say if she's like, if your friend is like, woo, party girl, <laughs> party queen, love you. Let's still have a fun time together. But maybe don't be the person setting me up on a date. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think even like, again, at best, like, like bringing it back to like, maybe I'm like, beating a dead horse here but like bringing it back to the confidence factor like if i trust the source and i'm just very shocked by what they picked for me like yes at, <laughs> at worst it's like uh well that was awkward yes. you know it just doesn't have to be like this deep embarrassing shameful thing and i know that it is for somebody and again like if that's you and you're listening to this like there's no shame in that i would just say like yeah yeah like what Whitney said trust the source but like there's more confidence available for you girl or boy that like mm-hmm. at best those literally don't have to be more than just like well that was an awkward conversation <laughs> yeah. you know and something you can laugh and about everyone has like, those everybody yeah. has those yeah it just doesn't have to be shameful yeah if you don't want it to be yeah I know a lot of times when when you know somebody who's following Jesus might explain their stance on boundaries with dating or sex or whatever, a lot of people and and sometimes rightfully maybe, but I feel, I feel like a lot of times it's almost this like cheap cop out of like, oh, you're judging me. Like mm-hmm. because of the standards yeah. you have in your life, I know that you're judging me when it's like, yeah. no, stop being self, self-obsessive. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think about you that much, <laughs> yeah. but, but let's say, let's say you're talking to a friend, a coworker, whatever, and mm-hmm. you explain these boundaries and they, they do come off and they're like, Hey, I, I feel like, I feel like you, Oh, I never knew you had those beliefs. Now I f- kind of feel like you, you look down on how I live my life. How do you now, nav- yeah. how do you like, navigate that whether it's a friend mm-hmm. a coworker, family member whatever yeah I feel like it's probably been like years of handling those conversations wrong to finally realize like how to I don't even know that I can say how to handle them right like I don't know that I've nailed it but like I think just freeing myself from like the need to like correct like if a friend comes to me and is like I had sex you know and it's just feeling I'm like she's not asking me to like tell her what I think about it you know she's like looking for a friend to like Mm -hmm. vent to and I'm like I I think I've had to remove the need to like correct people and and realize too that like no like I don't know I think if we're all honest with ourselves like we are sexual beings and I know guys get like a bad rap for that and it's like I think about sex however many like times a day that it is and it's just like well girls unless they're just like super self-righteous or lying like they also think about sex You know, like, it's not not a thing. And so I think there's a humility that has to, like, take place. And and I think, I don't know, that's not, like, a a formulated answer to how, like, what words you use to respond. But I do think people can feel vibe and they can feel, like, postured. And that's just as important in those conversations to, like, people not feeling judged. It's not just your words. And I think you can get to that place where you're honest with yourself and you're like, you know what? I didn't have the morals that I have and like didn't know why I believe that deeply for myself. Then I'd probably be out having sex too. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's just the truth. And people that like say that it's not, I'm, I don't know. I don't know that I believe them and maybe I should, but I, I don't know. So I think, I think it's, yeah, removing the need to correct and like posturing yourself in humility to be able to deeply understand why somebody is doing what they're doing and, just letting conversation be conversation without critique and hopefully 
I don't know that it ever will eliminate it because I do think somewhat in those situations, like the person's feeling judged, like out of a like conviction that's their own, um, mm-hmm. not because somebody said anything, you know, but I think, I don't know, just posturing yourself to where people feel like they can't talk to you and knowing you don't always have to give your opinion unless it's asked for, then yeah. Yeah. I think it can really disarm a lot of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, we, we're going to wrap up here in the next couple minutes, but I've got one, maybe two um, more questions for you. I think, um, fellas, maybe if you've if you've made it this far, really tune in right good here. Good job. Yeah, good job. Um, <laughs> but, Emily, and what you can jump in on this too. If you could sit down and talk to a, a Christian guy or just any guy in this same season of life, navigating the dating world, um, trying to date well, um, what advice would you give a guy mm-hmm. coming from a girl in this same season? So a guy's going to kind of get to peek into your brain a little bit. Maybe it's <laughs> stop doing this, start doing this, yeah. stop being so freaking creepy. I I don't know. <laughs> um, but but if you could talk, if you could give a guy in the same season, like the dating world season, um, a piece of advice right now, coming from a female perspective, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah, I feel like Whitney's, I could see her smiling. I think she wants to go first. She's <laughs> 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 you know, like, I have it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I always am like, here's the deal. This is what you need to do. <laughs> Let me help you out. Um, no, I would just say if you're a guy listening, um, number one, I would say absolutely be intentional. I am so tired of boys being boys, (laughs) like be a man, like if this relationship isn't for you or don't have six girls you're talking to at one time, just don't be that guy. I'm sorry. Like let there be, you don't have to have this long drawn out thing prepared for after you go on one date, but let that one date like be intentional (laughs) and um, like engage in conversation. Don't be like thinking about the like Rolodex of girls you have to respond to tonight. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, or give it, give it a good college try. Like if you're like, Oh wow, we're hitting it off. Like just, you know, be intentional. (laughs) That's what I would say, especially with like Christian guys too. Like, I mean, yes, there's like the, five percent that are wildly creepy and you're just like just stop doing that but here's the thing i give this advice to everyone that i'm like hey guys are creepy girls are crazy and so if (laughs) if 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 you're like being a gentleman and you're being yourself and um you know you're actually being a Christian, you're following, um, you're going to church, you're doing all the things, you know, you need to be doing. And there's a girl that just, you're like, uh, it's just, you're crazy. You're, you're crazy. She'll probably think you're creepy and you'll probably think she's crazy. Then move on, do the same thing. Just, yeah. yeah don't be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Be intentional like and that. don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. Emily, what's a piece of advice you would give a guy um, in this in the season of like dating and and all that good stuff. I would say don't let strong women intimidate you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm sick of hearing like, Oh, well you're just, maybe you're not getting asked out because you're like intimidating. And I'm like, that's either like not true or it just means that like, I don't know, being a strong woman somehow disqualifies you from what the rest of the world has. And I think part of that is because, 
not to harp on the guys, love the guys, girls can do it too. But I think they need to ask themselves, like ask yourself the same question that, like I said at the beginning that I'm asking myself, like if I'm going to have a marriage, what do I want that to look like? Mm -hmm. And is that going to come from you just chasing all of the girls that pass by that turn your head? Or are you going to find somebody that you respect that scares you a little bit and like shoot your shot and ask her to coffee, even if she might, if she might say no. But she also might not, you know, and yeah. like, I can like say that anyone that's ever asked me out, even if I didn't feel that way romantically about them, like my respect for them, like skyrocketed. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like old school is not dead. Like you mm-hmm. said it, Connor, like you're a little old fashioned, but I'm like, it's not dead, mm-hmm. especially not for girls. Um, and yeah, I just think shoot your shot and like, yeah, I don't know. Shoot you your guys shot. Should talk and- about that next week with the, with the guy's perspective. Shooting your shot? Or? No, like, why Why do strong women intimidate you? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is it? Why is that? I don't know. Or do it's they? A, and maybe that's stigma. just a line that well-meaning friends tell girls when they're not getting asked out. That's true. Just like, oh, you're just intimidating. That's so true. So I'm like, either it's true or it's not. And somebody either way needs to figure Let's it out. clear that up. <laughs> All right. I, just for fun, what – Give me like your immediate thought when I ask you this. What is like the That's biggest funny. turnoff when when you meet a guy, see a guy like right away, <laughs> like a first thing of like, nope, this isn't going to work. And you just know it right away. Oh, I know what it is for me. OK, if you you're a puppy dog, if you like if you're agreeing with everything I say, I'm like, Ugh, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to get along. Sorry. Yeah. I want I want you to like challenge me. <laughs> I think if you're arrogant. Like, any, yeah. like, taste of arrogance, like, just don't. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yes. I don't know how to describe it other than just, you just know. Like, if I want you to be confident, but don't be arrogant. That's gross. Okay. Mm. If if Chris Hemsworth asked you out on a date, but he was wearing tall white socks and Chacos, would you say yes? Well, yeah, because it's Chris Hemsworth, and I'm at least that fellow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for, for giving us some of your time, for sharing your perspective. I think um, a lot of the people that wrote in about this specific topic of feeling pressure with sex and dating and how, how do we navigate that, um, we're, we're females. So I, hopefully a lot of ladies that are listening – um, can gain some wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, like hopefully this gave them some direction and some confidence. Fellas, hopefully you learned a little bit of something as well. Um, Emily, Whitney, do you guys have any closing thoughts, maybe last little pieces of advice or anything else you'd want to throw in on this topic before we pray and, and close it out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find another strong female like Emily Franklin <laughs> that can um, come alongside in your journey because without it, if you're only looking at your friends and coworkers outside of the church, then it does get, the waters do get muddy. And that's when you do find confusion and like, how do I navigate this? Like when you have a buddy that's close and that is on the same track as you, man, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. So I'll say, yeah. And I would just say like, give yourself grace. Like nobody's like an expert on this Mm -hmm. and dating is hard and like figuring out emotions and and everything that comes with it is just hard. And so give yourself grace. Um, but also know that you need to be confident in yourself. And if you're not, then that's the place to start first Mm -hmm. because no man or relationship is going to like, just going to make that worse. It's not going to make it better. And so 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So well, hey, thanks so much. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we'll close out. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to sit down and to have conversations. I know that um, dating, singleness, sex, everything like that um, can just be so uh, such a big part of our life, and there can be so many external pressures. And mm-hmm. um, to get it right and to get it well is so important to, to do it in a way that honors you. And so I just pray for anybody that's listening that um, might be in this season of life, that you would just give them the confidence and the grace to navigate it well, to know that um, they are completely whole and who they are without anybody attaching to them. They can achieve what you want them mm-hmm. to achieve. They can walk in the fullness, not not partial, but the full call of yeah. God on their life. And um, we just pray that this blesses them and encourages them to keep going um, and to honor you in this season of life. And so, Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for Emily and for Whitney and their insight and perspective. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. Uh. Well, that ends <laughs> the sex and dating female talk. Um, thank you guys for tuning in with us today on whatever platform you choose to listen to. Uh, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you know anybody that this conversation would help, give it a share. Um, if you want to keep tabs on what Emily Franklin is doing down in Austin, Emily, where can people find you and follow you on Hinge? Oh, it's on Hinge. <laughs> no. I deleted that sucker, but you can find me at, at Emily with two Y's dot Franklin on Instagram or yeah. Emily Franklin on Facebook or probably tagged all up in the Red Rocks Austin account somewhere. There you go. That's awesome. Any Austin guys listening at this point, take her on a date. Ask her out. Ask her out. <laughs> Unless too. you're creepy, then don't. Unless you're creepy. <laughs> Unless you're in that five percent I talked about. <laughs> all right. Well, for all things Red Rocks Young Adults, go to ROYA.org or redrocksya.com and tune in next week. We'll be having roughly the same conversation, sex and dating, the pressures that come with it from the perspective of the fellas. You Ooh. will not want to miss it. So we love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Peace out. Bye.